I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, episode number 41. Today, we talk the importance of nutrition in cancer care, part two. So stay tuned for this very important life-changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Welcome everyone to the show today. Before we begin, if you could just do me a favor, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today, rate and review the show for me, and I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond, so I thank you for that, because we want to bring you the absolute best show possible. Well, my guest today is Jessica Ayanata. She is a registered dietitian and certified specialist in oncology nutrition. She studied nutrition at Cornell University and completed her dietetic internship at New York Presbyterian Wild Cornell Medical Center. She obtained her master's degree through the University of Medicine and Dentistry of New Jersey, which is now Rutgers University. And Jessica has worked in inpatient and outpatient oncology settings since 2001 at the North Shore LIJ Health System, which is also currently the Northwell Health System. Now, Jessica is in charge of all operations, including clinical and culinary operations, ranging from menu development to evidence-based website content, relationships with registered dietitians and social workers, and developing processes and protocols for intake, management, and outcome analysis of patients. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Jessica Ayanata. So welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you so much, Dr. Bond. A pleasure to be a part of it. Well, I am I am very intrigued. I had last week I just talked to uh Susan Bratton of Saver Health and I know you're part of Saver Health and you're doing an amazing work and I just want to continue this discussion because with the millions of can- cancer patients that we have every year going through treatment, they need to realize as well as the doctors need to understand that nutrition plays a vital part uh, in maintaining their own health, but also giving them uh, a little bit bigger arsenal in fighting the disease. Absolutely. So, you know, it's funny. When, when I first meet a cancer patient, I inspire them by telling them exactly that. You know, often when you get a cancer diagnosis and everything else seems out of control, your nutrition is actually something that you can control. But by putting healthy foods into your body right from the start can make a really big difference. So I try to empower them with exactly that and really inspire them to make nutrition a priority. I love that. You know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people, they sit there in front of the doctor and the doctor has to be the deliverer of bad news. And, you know, there's two ways to to take the news. One, they can instantly feel defeated. And number two, they can have that inter uh, warrior inside of them rise up and say, I will not be defeated and I'm going to do everything I can to beat it. And I think nutrition is one of those weapons that cancer patients need to really embrace to add to their fight. So let me ask you this question, because uh, I get this one a lot from a lot of people. Can nutritional mm-hmm. strategies help minimize any of the side effects? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason why I enjoy working with cancer patients so much. It's actually, I've been working with cancer patients since the, since the very beginning of my career, and I can't imagine <laughs> doing anything else because there's, there's just such an impact, um, specifically because you can alter 
the types of foods you eat. You can alter your diet to help manage and prevent a lot of the symptoms and side effects that occur during cancer treatment. It starts from the very beginning. One of the first strategies that you want to start right away is eating small, frequent meals. You know, and a lot of us are used to eating kind of really big, heavy meals and, yes. you know, going out to eat and just, just relying on a lot of fast foods and things that aren't so healthy for us, right? But when you're about to start cancer treatment, a lot of times the treatments themselves have a big impact on your digestive system. So by trying to eat small, little meals and getting into that habit more quickly, um, it really does help to reduce a lot of the digestive side, side effects, especially the nausea. Um, because if you have at least a little food in your system throughout the day, mm -hmm. rather than having large gaps between meals, that really does help reduce the severity of the nausea. Well, let me ask you itself. something. And also, at the yeah, same time, gives you more energy. Well, yeah, and that's vital for these cancer patients. But let me ask you something real quick, because I've never really kind of figured this out. I know that uh, people can take a, a variety of medications, and there's you know always side effects with different things, even if someone doesn't have cancer. But let's just take chemo, for example. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's usually administered by IV. Why does that type of medicine lead to so much digestive upset if it's just being sent through an IV into a vein? I always kind of wonder Yeah, so the reason myself. for that, um, it's really interesting, is because the chemotherapy, uh, those types of medications are meant to attack cells that divide very rapidly because cancer cells are different than normal cells. They have a very high turnover rate. They grow very quickly. So those drugs are targeted at those kinds of cells that grow and divide very rapidly, which are also the kinds of cells that are in our digestive tract. Simply because of the nature of the, the digestive tract itself, those cells are also very similar and will get impacted similarly in terms of... Um, experiencing the side effect and the damage from the chemotherapy. So that's why you get a lot of um, indigestion, nausea, a lot of diarrhea, um, and overall general stomach upset during cancer treatment. It's also similar to why patients lose their hair. Uh, it's the same concept of the uh, just because of the functionality of the way chemotherapy drugs are designed to actually target those well, kinds of cells. Well, let's start off. Let's just kind of take this in phases. So that way the listeners who are are paying close attention to this episode and maybe someone's listening and they have a maybe they have cancer themselves or maybe they have a family or friend that has uh, just been diagnosed or maybe they're going through the battle. Uh, so let's start off with step one here. So when someone receives a cancer diagnosis, what is the first thing they should do nutritionally? I think one of the most important things you could do um, is to see if there's a registered dietitian available at your cancer center because if you find the right nutrition partner, somebody who can actually help you to create an individual nutrition plan, that reduces all of the stress in and of itself because you know you have a nutrition partner, similar to what we do at Saber Health, um, in helping patients to kind of create a plan of attack, so to speak, um, because it's very it's very difficult to do alone. And one of the reasons for that, and, and, and I'm sure Susan mentioned this last week, is because there's so much information out there about um, nutrition and cancer, and it's quite overwhelming to make sense of it all. Um, do I eat this? Do I not eat this? And you're going to get tons of information from every Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, telling you, don't eat this, I read this, or I just saw that, you know, and it's how do you know what's right and, right and what's wrong? What do you follow? Well, so let, I think well, um, enlisting the right help is, is a great first step. Well, let me ask you this, and, and I'm going to throw a wrench into that analysis real quick here. Let's <laughs> say you're, let's say a cancer patient said, I, 
at a, at a cancer hospital. And let's say the oncologist is the type that says nutrition doesn't matter and you can eat whatever you want. And there's a dietitian or two at the same hospital. What are they going to say? And are those types of dietitians trained like you in the areas of looking at nutrition from an oncology standpoint, not, you know, a dietitian that's, let's say, more tailored towards heart disease or diabetes? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. There definitely is a specialty. That's why um, I have the oncology nutrition specialty. When you see the letters CSO after a dietitian's name, uh, that that will tell you that he or she is a certified specialist in oncology nutrition. So it's a good credential to look for. Ah, of course, any idea. registered dietitian is trained in uh, handling patients with any kind of medical or chronic condition, whether it's cancer, heart disease, so on and so forth. So a good first step, if you can't locate a CSO, would be any registered dietitian affiliated with your medical center. Um, and and every medical center will have someone. Um, sometimes they may not be there every single day of the week. Um, and that's part of the reason why we know the access to nutrition is so difficult, especially in more remote areas. That's why we created a lot of the services that we have at Saber Health, simply to improve the access to nutrition services and have have patients to be able to have a registered dietitian that specializes well, in college. Well, I forgot to. Their fingertips. Yeah, I forgot to ask Susan this last week. So, and, and I'm going to ask you the question now. Uh, on the website for Saver Health, is there an area uh, that people can go to to maybe find a dietitian CSO at the hospital that they are being treated at? So we actually, um, we do have a link that will direct them to the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics where you can search by zip code okay. in your area and then actually select oncology as the specialty. So you can actually sort through dietitians by zip code and find somebody in your area. And then, of course, as a service that we provide as well, if they want to speak to somebody in the comfort of their own home, we actually do consults over the telephone as well if, if patients are oh, talking to a dietitian. Fantastic. Okay. Now that we, so, uh, so by the first thing they should do nutritionally is actually find a dietitian, uh, basically that is certified in nutritional oncology like yourself and, and really mm -hmm. kind of start laying out the plan for them. Now, once they go through cancer, when they start cancer treatment, uh, can you share with us some of the specific examples on how they can minimize side effects? From chemo and radiation? Sure. I think one of the great things that um, that I recommend to start off with, as I mentioned, those small frequent meals, that's a really great first step. And then secondly, keeping a food diary. And I know it may sound simple, but it can make a really big impact because the dietitian may recommend, um, you know, if you're having mouth sores, don't eat a lot of really acidic foods, try to consume more soft foods. If you're having diarrhea, avoid a lot of roughage, consume more binding foods like bananas and potatoes and, and oatmeal, but that all makes sense until you put it into practice, right? So the only right. way you're going to know what's working and what's not working for you is if you keep track. Um, so that's one of the biggest things I recommend, and it's a great habit to get into. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, literally a pad of paper, or they have a lot of great apps nowadays where you can keep track of symptoms, and um, it actually is, is part of a uh, system that we're developing as well, where um, it's... It, it's great because then you know from day to day and you can actually actually see in front of you, share with your medical team, this is how I felt after my first week of treatment. Here's when, you know, when I ate um, more of the binding foods, look, my diarrhea actually did get better and it actually did help. And look, ooh, there that day I might have had a little too much broccoli and it did give me a little too much bloating that day. 
you know, so you can really identify very clearly what's working and what's not. So that's a really great first step, um, especially when you're starting chemo, because you'll notice from week to week as you enter each different treatment phase how things adapt and adjust and get and, and change. Well, I like that idea. And, I, and I've always told a lot of people they should actually keep a food journal or a food diary uh, like you uh, said, because you can really track, you know, the foods that uh, you notice an improvement in your health. You may find foods that maybe uh, cause discomfort in any way, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe there's uh, some people may have certain types of allergic reactions to certain foods, but it's very important to keep a journal because like you said, people will actually start seeing the difference. And, and in this case, actually sharing some of those findings along with their oncologist or uh, dietitian that's so certified in oncology to find a much improved plan while they're going through chemo or even radiation. Now we know, you know, a lot of people when it comes to cancer, they, they talk about chemo a lot. Are there any type of nutritional strategies that people can do when they're going through radiation? Oh, absolutely. And you know, it, it does depend a little bit on where, which area is being radiated, of course, because mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest areas that I work with in the radiation centers are the head and neck cancer patients. So obviously patients that are getting radiation directly to their oral cavity or anywhere beneath that, anywhere in the oral head region, um, are going to have a lot of impact on their nutrition simply because it's, you know, a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort, makes it harder to eat. Um, so those patients, we use a lot of soft foods, a lot of adding a lot of calories to foods because they're, they're usually not able to eat very much. And then we do a lot of nutritional shakes and supplements, very calorie-dense drinks. Um, And a lot of times, even those patients, I will help manage um, putting extra food through, let's say, a stomach tube in order to help make sure that they are able to get in enough nutrition to get them through. So there's that extreme case of, of a radiation patient getting direct radiation to the oral head and neck region. But then there's the general patient who may just be getting, let's say, radiation to their breast, um you know, radiation, let's say, to to the lung area where there's not as direct of a digestive complication. But those patients um, will generally experience a lot of fatigue. Fatigue is a very pervasive side effect of radiation therapy. Um, And it often doesn't come on right away. Um, You know, it's often after a couple of weeks and all of a sudden they feel like they got run over by by a truck. Um, So that's another thing that nutritionally we really try to help them obviously be prepared for but also help them to do things that can help provide more energy, make sure that they're getting in enough physical activity if they feel up to it, because that alone can really help to fight some of that really, really awful fatigue feeling. Make sure yeah. that they're eating regularly, not skipping meals, getting in good nutrient-dense meals, drinking plenty of fluids. A lot of times even de- dehydration alone can uh, contribute to fatigue as well. So that's something we really help them to try to stay on top of. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, when you when you're creating a food program, do you go in as deep as looking at foods that uh, may show, according to research, let's say uh, looking at uh, slowing down cell, cell division, uh, reducing uh, the formation of angiogenesis, uh, helping to reduce the risk of metastasis uh, with certain cancers? Do you look at foods in that type of uh with that type of focus in mind when you're creating a, a plan for someone? Yeah, absolutely. I think because in general, we you know we aim to do it Mediterranean style, where 
we're including a wealth of plant foods. And I think if, in general, um, a plant-based diet is very anti-inflammatory, um, including a lot of healthy fat, especially from fish and nuts and seeds and flax. Um, so we're always aiming to kind of shift the focus of the diet away from a lot of um, unnecessary uh, added processed food, sugars, salts, um, unnecessary added saturated fat animal from animal proteins and things like that. We're always shifting it to be more anti-inflammatory um, to obviously help put their body in a very positive cancer-fighting state. So, oh, good. so absolutely, and we do it, you know, individually looking at the patient's current diet, and you know, not having them go from zero to sixty overnight. You know, so I, we do we do it in a way where it's um, small goals, small changes, and in, in a way that's achievable. Um, not overwhelming, um, but, you know, hold their hand and help guide them throughout the process so they, you know, they feel empowered that they can do it. Oh, uh, good. Now, do you advocate things that, uh, you know, such as, you know, a lot of people, uh, I'm going to say a lot of healthy people right now are using a lot of turmeric. Do you suggest uh, with cancer patients that uh, they should maybe add turmeric to their nutritional diet? Yeah, that's definitely a big one. You know, patients always come in hearing about the latest and greatest, but, um you know, there's really no, as long as you use it in moderation, there's really no interaction. Um, it's a healthy food. There's lots of great ways that you can include it. I myself just have just tried a few different ways of, of making my my golden milk. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. Always mix turmeric with a fat to get it to absorb correctly. Yeah, so that, no, that's I the think, big deal. Think it's, it is a little bit, it has a spiciness to it. So yes. the only difficulty is if you're not somebody that's used to that kind of a curry kind of flavor. Um, especially for patients who aren't accustomed to eating that in their diet, you know, we, yeah. it's a little challenging if they have digestive side effects, but of course, um, if we can find a way to fit it in, absolutely. I always try to think outside the box with a patient uh, and try to think good. of things that they haven't already tried and fit it in, in a unique way. Oh, good. Well, let me ask you this. How do you tailor the nutrition plans for different types of cancer. I actually asked Susan last week, you know, you know, and I think last week we used the example, if you had someone with glioblastoma brain cancer, you have someone with uh, estrogen dependent breast cancer, and then you have someone with leukemia or maybe bone cancer. How do you tailor those plans for different types of cancer? And let me throw something else into this mix. And then each person is actually of a different culture or race, which also plays a big role in how they react to treatment. Absolutely. Yeah. I like to kind of equate what I do sometimes is like kind of like being a detective, you know, because <laughs> you're looking at so many different pieces of information and trying to put it all together to, to find the answer. Right. So just as a registered dietitian doing an initial evaluation in general, you're looking at the person first, just as you mentioned, everybody's different. So you're looking at their anthropometrics, which is their height and their weight, um, just trying to formulate, okay, how much calories does this person need on any given normal day, right? right. Um, and you're going to account for the fact that they're about to start chemotherapy or radiation and will require more calories to help their body get through that process. You're looking at their past medical history. Do they have a history of diabetes or heart disease or high blood pressure, any other component of their medical history that could contribute to their dietary needs. Same thing with, yeah. with medications. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I find that diabetics with cancer are probably, I would say, maybe the most challenging to treat in a way because yeah. diabetes does uh, 
cause a little bit more problems because of the fact that their blood sugar can be elevated. And we know that sugar can feed cancer cells, uh, well, very rapidly. Yeah, it's challenging when you have a lot of other things going on. And that's why even more so going back to that first point we said earlier, it's very important, especially for a patient with a lot of medical history, to seek the advice of a registered dietitian as soon as they can to get a good nutritional plan in place. Um, but just going going past that, then past the individual person, you lo- you're looking at the type of cancer that they're dealt with, wh- whether or not they're currently having side effects. Um, you know, and you know based on the type of cancer, kind of what's ahead of them, because you're able, you know, you're reviewing the medical record, you're you're reviewing whether or not they have metastases in certain areas that may impact their digestion, or even a patient that may have pancreatic cancer, gastric cancer. Obviously, you know. Um, different things to look for. Have they had part of their stomach removed where you need to focus on different types of meals that are more tolerable? A pancreatic cancer patient usually has a really hard time digesting fat, especially if they've have, have had some of their pancreas removed, you know, so you're, you're working along with symptoms, really severe symptoms, sometimes, you know, malabsorbing fat. Um, well, yeah, like the well, breast well let me you ask you this. Well, here, let me uh, ask you this on the uh, on the pancreatic side, because you had mentioned where they would have a difficult time digesting fats. Do you maybe incorporate, have them taking the lipase enzyme to help digest fats mm-hmm. because maybe their pancreas is not able to do that because it's being attacked by cancer? Absolutely. Yep. We they usually, At that point, they're usually on a prescri- prescription strength pancreatic mm-hmm. enzyme. But a lot of times, believe it or not, Dr. Bond, people don't that they're not given the information on how to take it. So we ah. get patients that come in and they're taking it not before mealtime, which is when yeah. you need to really take it optimally that's, before mealtime, that, you know, with 30 minutes mealtime to make sure that it's really doing the job it needs to do. So a lot of times, once again, that detective work where, you know, we're helping the patient to put all the pieces together. Um, and even a pancreatic cancer patient, we use, you know, we tend to encourage more, fat from medium chain triglycerides we can because, you know, like coconut oil and things like that, because it's more readily absorbed um, for those patients who have that, that problem with digesting fat. So well, I, um, I'm, imp- I'm impressed. I mean, you, you know, your stuff. So I'm, I'm very impressed. Let me ask you this. Is there an optimal diet to prevent cancer or cancer reoccurrence? Of course. <laughs> of course there is. Um, and it's my favorite topic to talk about is eating more <laughs> plant foods. Mother Nature, we have to go back to basics. Um, really, it's about going back to basics. And Mother Nature knows what's best for us, right? Absolutely. Um, so I love helping patients when they're at that brink of finishing treatment and they're they're literally standing at the edge of a cliff saying, what do I do now? You know, because oh. nobody tells them what to do. They're done. And then they feel helpless. What do I do now? Well, so that's one I- of my favorites. Well, I, you bring up an important, uh, an important point here because I know that uh, a lot of people, and I've seen this happen time and time again, someone beats cancer, they feel great, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm victorious, I won this battle. But, you know, there's always that risk of a cancer reoccurrence, but also some of them get complacent and they fall back into their old eating habits, thinking that eating healthy was only for the time they were going through cancer treatment. And we really need to look at eating healthy all day long, every day. And as you said, a plant-based diet, when someone tells me a plant-based diet, I think of the loads of natural enzymes from the fruits, the vegetables, 
the nuts, the seeds, and the list goes on. Those are true cancer-fighting foods and elements that we need in our body for prevention and even to prevent cancer reoccurrence. Don't you agree? Yep. Nature's pharmacy, that's what I like to call it, right? Nature's <laughs> pharmacy. I love when you see those images of like a pill bottle with all fruits and vegetables coming out of it, but it's true. Um, it's nature's way of keeping us healthy. So that's like my, that's definitely my, my primary focus when I'm talking oh, to a cancer well, survivor. I love that. Now, and then, you what, know, also uh, obviously, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Jessica. I was going to say another key factor, obviously, including the plant foods, but then also achieving and maintaining a healthy weight is is a really big factor too, because we know body weight um, has a huge link to cancer risk and risk of recurrence, especially in the breast cancer population. So um, kind of the next tier of what I focus on is helping patients to make sure that they can achieve and maintain a healthy weight, um, whether it's that they maybe need to gain weight to to be healthy, maybe they've lost weight after treatment, or maybe they, you know, unfortunately have carrying too much weight around and need to lose weight. Um, so that's a huge factor in terms of cancer survivorship. Well, what are some of the foods uh, that you know of right now that uh, all of my listeners can start eating and should be eating uh, that are known to have cancer-fighting properties? Well, let's start with we've got our whole grains, right? And I always encourage people to think outside the box when it comes to whole grains. A lot of times they just think it's either white bread or whole wheat, (laughs) which there's so many other wonderful grains besides just whole wheat. Um, Thinking like um, um, millet and quinoa and... um, Amaranth, actually, in, in our cookbook that Susan and I did, we have a really amazing amaranth porridge that, that's one of our favorites. Um, so, so thinking outside the box, including lots of different whole grains, lots of dietary fiber, lots of great plant chemicals, cancer-fighting plant chemicals. And then I like to say eat the rainbow. So I never try to focus on just one food. I really try to focus on variety um, so that you're not missing out. On anything, you know, if you focus too much on one magic food, a lot of times you miss out on the benefits of all the others. So That's eat true. the rainbow of of fruits and vegetables and, and try new things. Try different recipes. Um, be open-minded. If you don't like, let's say, eggplant grilled or, you know, the way you're used to eating it, maybe try um, making it into um, a meatball, like, you know, a, a, an eggplant vegetarian meatball. Or maybe try making it in a marinara sauce instead of using ground meat. Um, make a delicious sauce with eggplant and tomatoes and garlic and basil. Um, so think about, think outside the box about ways you can include more plant foods. I mean, make a smoothie in the morning and you could fit lots of different things in there all in, all in one shot, you know, so there's lots of ways to kind of sneak it in and, and, and achieve that that focus of eating the rainbow and getting lots of different colorful. Well, I, I definitely believe in eating the rainbow and ladies and gentlemen, when she says eat the rainbow, that's not a bag of a Skittles. Uh, that's the fruits and vegetables of many colors. So as I say time and time again, ladies and gentlemen, you need to eat the foods that God created and avoid the crap that man created. So, uh, we got to keep that in mind. And, uh, uh, Jessica, I have, I think I literally have a thousand questions to ask you and we could just go on and on because this is so important for people to be armed correctly in the areas of nutrition to, you know, because I believe that, uh, you know, I look at every cancer patient with the opportunity that to have victory in mind and, and not not to be defeated just because they receive the diagnosis, but to have that warrior inside of them rise up and really give it all you got to beat it. And I have talked to many cancer survivors, some of them, they shouldn't have never survived at all. 
but they did. And it's just that fighting spirit within them. And, uh, and I believe that, uh, everyone there at Saver Health, I'm sure that, uh, y'all are really the, the voices and the helping hand that lead a lot of these people to a better way. Oh, absolutely. It's just, it's amazing to be a part of really, I can't imagine doing anything else and just making a difference and helping people to, you know, to stay strong for the fight and, and survive and thrive. Right. What? Well- Absolutely. Now, do you do you have uh, a favorite story of yours of someone that you have helped that uh, really epitomizes of, you know, going the nutritional route, doing everything they were supposed to do? And, uh, you know, they they won the fight. I mean, do you have someone a testimony about someone to share with us today? Sure. I mean, there's there's one patient I always think of in particular when when I get asked this. Um, He was a younger gentleman in his mid 40s. Um, had just got diagnosed with colon cancer. And uh, when I was, in fact, in the the cancer center, I used to work a lot in the infusion center and would meet patients um, during chemotherapy. Unfortunately, it was only one of me. So I didn't get to see a lot of people before they actually started treatment, which is really, like I mentioned earlier, the ideal place, the ideal point in time to meet with a dietitian. But this particular gentleman, I was able to meet with him right from the start, even before he began treatment. And we talked about all the nutritional stat- strategies that, that you and I discussed today, um, even importantly, that small frequent meals and keeping the food journal. And because I actually got to see him at that right moment, it was amazing to watch how he really did so well throughout his treatment. He would pop in, even without making an appointment with me, he would pop in his head, head in my office. And I always remember he'd be like, it's really helping. I'm feeling really good. This is re- it's really helping me, and it's I'm not really feeling that sick, and my you know my my um my stomach's you know stable, and you know he would have his ups and downs, but overall because he made it a priority from the very beginning, he was able to see it through and kind of take those take the reins early on, because a lot of what medicine is nowadays is reactive instead of preventative, and we all know that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you're taking that proactive approach you're so much more effective. Your outcomes like can skyrocket because you're not reacting to something that's already occurring. And unfortunately, because there was only one of me in an entire cancer center, a lot of times when I would see patients, they they would already be experiencing nausea and already be experiencing diarrhea. And not to say that I can't help them. Of course, I can give them great meal plans and foods to help with those symptoms. But when you're preventing them in the first place by eating correctly, it makes a world of difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, for all of my listeners out there, Jessica, how can they uh, access uh, all the things that Save Your Health has to offer? Oh, great. Yep. So we have a website. It's saverhealth.com. And we do home delivery of meals for cancer patients. We do meal planning. We do um, over-the-phone nutrition counseling with an oncology credentialed registered dietitian. We have a wonderful blog of... um, articles that we post each and every month, a newsletter where you can have access to wonderful, great nutrition content that's all evidence-based. Um, so definitely check out saverhealth.com. You can also email us. Our email is info at saverhealth.com. And our 800 number is 888-721-1041. Uh, thank you so much, Jessica. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to talk with you and to uh, dive into your vast knowledge of nutritional oncology and to, uh, you know, 
keep up the good uh, keep up the good work over there, by the way. And uh, tell Susan I said hello, and y'all just keep moving forward. I believe that uh, you and Susan and the rest of the team over there at Saver Health is going to. Well, not going to. You are doing a mighty work, and I and I just pray that you continue to do that and things um, just keep growing and growing I, and, and really to make a big push inside of every cancer hospital here in America and make a big, big difference for everyone involved. Oh, thank you so much. Well, the pleasure was mine as well. It was, it was great talking to you today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds and rate the podcast on iTunes. And please leave a review as well. And if you could just do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it as it helps us to continue to grow the show and to give you the best show possible. Well, you can learn more about me at DrWardBond.com. And also, again, RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond, which will lead you to my other channels of iTunes, iHeartRadio, and others as well. So pick your favorite and subscribe and listen to all of our episodes. And this particular episode, ladies and gentlemen, is the importance of nutrition in Cancer Care Part 2. I want you to listen to Part 1 and Part 2. Send them to your friends and family, ladies and gentlemen. You have an extra weapon in the areas to fight cancer and to feel better. And of course, that is nutrition. We have to make the right choices with the food on our plate. So keep that in mind. Again, thank you for listening to Life Changing Wellness. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. Have a healthy and blessed day.